So for the past few months, we have been in the book of Acts. Um, it's where we're gonna be again today. So if you don't have your Bibles with us, feel free to grab a Bible off one of the tables. Um, we're gonna be on page 774 if you're using one of our Bibles. Um, or you can use your phone, let's be real, that's what most of you are doing. Um, Acts 19, uh, verses 11 through 20 is where we're gonna be. We're actually gonna pick up where we left off uh, the story, Acts 19. Last week, if you weren't with us, we ended in verse 10, and this morning we're actually gonna pick up uh, right where we left off in verse 11 of chapter 19, page 774. Now, if you remember from last week, I wanna catch us up real quick. Uh, if you remember from last week, Paul is on his third missionary journey. Um, in, the, in the city of Ephesus. And last week we looked at these uh, small group of believers, the small group of disciples uh, that Paul pours into, that Paul invests in. And this small group of believers ends up reaching the entire, uh, essentially, continent of Asia Minor at the time. This small group of people does way more than you would ever think or imagine they would just because Paul decides to invest in just, just a few, just a few, and, and they share the gospel uh, with, with so, so many more people than you would think. So that's where we pick up. Uh, we're still in the city of Ephesus. God's still got some really cool things that he, he, he wants to do. And so let's read starting in verse 11. So God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. I told you God wasn't stopping with the cool stuff. Verse 13. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Don't you love Acts? This stuff is just incredible. Um, verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. It's just a lot of money. And then verse 20, this is where we're gonna end. It says, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Now, we're gonna spend the majority of our time this morning kind of focusing in on a few uh, select words here in this passage. We don't do this normally, and there's... I mean, we just read it. There is a lot that we could talk about this morning. There's a lot that we could draw from this passage, but I really felt like God was saying, hey, I want you to focus in on just a few key words from this passage. In the name of Jesus. This one key phrase, in the name of Jesus, is where we're gonna camp out today. Now, here's, here's what God was doing in my heart this week. As I looked at those few words, in the name of of Jesus was I began to understand Acts, all these stories that we've been in for the past few weeks in ways that I just did not understand until this week. And so I'm hoping that God gives us some revelation of what, what was happening and how it was happening through, through these few words, yet powerful words, in the name of Jesus. But before we dig in specifically uh, to the name of Jesus, I, I just wanna talk about names in general. 
the importance and the weight that, that names carry. If I had to guess, if I were to throw out a name to you right now, just throw out a random name to you right now, you would immediately think about someone and then you would have certain feelings about that name immediately. Actually, let's, let's experiment. Let's try this this morning. Okay, I'm gonna say a name and then immediately think about who, who, you, who you think about and then think about how you feel about them, okay? So immediately, Kanye. Uh, you probably all thought about the same person. Now, how you feel about him is probably a little different. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep doing this. Beyonce, immediately. You probably thought about someone. Okay, this is fun. Let's keep going. Um, I'm gonna throw out another name, a little, a little more subtle, um, a little more of a general name, that, that, but let's, let's see where you go with this. Donald. Okay, we'll, we'll try We'll try last name. We'll try last name, see if it, Trump. Okay, you probably thought about someone immediately, right? You probably feel a certain uh, way about those people. But like I mentioned, names are important. They carry weight. Uh, for Keela and I, uh, it was a little bit of a process figuring out the name for our son. Now, a lot of this has to do with just my personality and my analytical self as a whole. Um, it takes a while for me to, to make decisions and, and decide things. But this is a process, trying to figure out a name for our, for our son. And that's actually what we would do, is we would name a name. We'd be like, hey, what about such and such? They're like, no, that makes me think of an ex-boss I had who I don't like very much. Okay, what about such and such? It's like, no, that's the name of an ex-boyfriend. We can't name him that. I'm like, wait a second. What's wrong with that? You still have feelings for him? I'm just kidding. I didn't, that wasn't an actual conversation. That wasn't an actual conversation. But names carry weight, don't they? And that was a pretty weighty moment deciding, okay, what's going to be on the birth certificate? Like, what's going to be the, the, the permanent name for, for my son? Because uh, in some ways I was thinking, okay, I'm deciding some things about him and his future before he even has the ability to speak for himself. So your name carries weight and it actually has meaning in and of itself. If you don't know our, our son, his name is Isaiah. Um, and we named him after uh, my grandfather, who was just this amazing man of God. And so it ended up being pretty easy. Um, but this name also isn't just after my grandfather. It, biblically, his name carries weight as well. Isaiah, it means Yahweh is salvation or God is salvation. And so literally every time I utter his name, I'm speaking identity over him just by calling him his name. I say Isaiah, it comes with meaning to it. So every time I speak his name, I'm speaking identity over who he is and who he's gonna become. I can't wait till one day, you know, he's like acting up a little bit. And I'm like, Isaiah, you're not living into your name, buddy. Then we'll pay for the counseling bills later. I remember in uh, late middle school, early high school, um, I wanted to be called Drew. My name's Andrew. And I thought, you know what? Andrew is not cool enough. Um, I wanna be called Drew. So I started telling my friends, don't call me Andrew, call me Drew. I changed my IM instant messenger, AOL instant messenger name to little Drew man. Um, I thought that, that would care. Listen, y'all, I was in band. I needed some help. So uh, I thought it would up the cool factor a little bit. Nana told me on Thursday, I actually had to share that. I didn't have that in there. And she was like, you got to tell him your IM name. I was like, little Drew, man. I was spitting some game on the AOL Instant Messenger. Now, let's, let's kind of hone it in here for a second. Here's the incredible thing about those of you who are followers of Jesus. You have been given a new name. You have been given another name. You have been given the name of Jesus. 
Now, this is great news for everybody, but for those of you that still kind of hold a grudge against your parents for what they named you, here's the thing. You have a new name in the name of Jesus. Now, I wanna talk about this, this word, actually name here, for a moment. It's gonna be important for us to understand. You can throw that first slide um, up on the screen. But the word name in and of itself has deeper meaning. It actually means character and authority. So when I say hey, you've been given the name of Jesus. You've been given the name of Jesus to use. I'm not just talking about a name. I'm saying, hey, you've been given the character and the authority that comes with the name of Jesus. So this will be important moving forward today to remember that the word name actually means character and authority. Now, I wanna talk just a moment about the actual power of our words because as we talk about using, using the name of Jesus we need to understand the, the power of our words because our words in and of themselves, they carry weight with them. The words we speak like hold power in and of themselves, don't they? I don't know who came up with the, the phrase or the song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know who it was. I don't know what they were going through, but they were in some serious denial, weren't they? <laughs> It was a great defense mechanism, but, but it's just not true. It's just not true. And I would argue that as followers of Jesus, maybe our words carry even more weight. The scripture tells us, Proverbs 18, I throw Proverbs 18 up there. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. It's serious. It's got some weight to it. But the power of our words uh, it's just not in this moment right now. I mean, you think about it, the power of our words goes back to our creator. It goes back to our creator when he was creating. Think about when God, creation story, he's creating the world. It doesn't say that he reached out his arm and created the earth. It doesn't say that he snapped his fingers and there was light. No, he spoke creation into existence. He used his very words to speak the creation. And so he said, let there be light, and there was light. He made mankind using his words, his breath. Mankind was made. And so if we ourselves are made in the image of God, think about this, if we ourselves are made in the image of God, our words also create. Our words also have the ability to create. Have you ever just changed an atmosphere or change the feeling in a room by something you said. You can ask Keila this, I do this all the time. You know, I'll come home, I'll say something, and I'm like, based upon what just happened, I think the thing that I said was not what I should have said. Immediately, the atmosphere in the room changes. You know, the moment you say something, it's kind of that foot in your mouth moment, you're like, okay, my words just did something that I did not want them to do. Or on the other hand, if you've been a part of a maybe tense moment, a tense conversation maybe between you and a friend or you're in the middle of a discussion with a group of coworkers and I'm always thankful for that person that has the ability to say something funny. Um, they say something funny, everybody laughs and what happens? The tension just dissipates by, by the very words that, that were spoken. Or maybe you've been wounded by somebody's words. Maybe you've been wounded by somebody's words. I talk to people all the time and they'll say, hey, these words from 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe a parent said it, 
and the words still have a hard time in your mind and in your heart. Some of you have been wounded by the power of words because the reality is our words carry weight with them. And this morning, we're gonna talk about the most powerful, most authoritative words of all time in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This morning, we're gonna unpack what it means for us to use and to wield that name and its implications for, for our lives. And I think God, what God wants to really do this morning is he wants to remind us of our identity, of our identity as sons, as daughters. And that's not gonna be through my words, that's gonna take, that's gonna take a revelation from him as we continue to unpack this. Now, I actually wanna backtrack a little bit to the Old Testament, talk about the name of God in the Old Testament because this is gonna help us moving forward. And so God's people before Jesus, I mean, the, 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 the name of God was held in such high regard that you could only talk about it while, while you were praying, while you were talking about scripture. In fact, Jews even today uh, will not write the letter O between the G and the D out of disrespect and awe and holiness of the name of God, they would use a little dash in between the G and the D. One of the 10 commandments, God thought it was so important. He, he says, hey, one of my, my 10 laws, one of my 10 commandments for you is gonna be about my name. It says, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And now my understanding this week of that commandment, do not take the Lord's name in vain, was upended a little bit. I thought it was that moment when I stubbed my toe or I slammed my hand in the door and I'm like, Jesus, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about taking up on the character and the authority of God. He's talking about being someone that you are not. He's talking about operating as though you are God yourself. It's acting as though you are someone you are not. Did you ever have someone, uh, a friend in high school maybe that had a fake ID? Um, you're like, yeah, I had a friend. I had a friend who had a fake ID in high school. It wasn't me. But I loved it. It was always so funny because I'm like, not, not the same height, not the same weight. Really, like, you don't even have the same hair color, and, and yet you're going around acting like, yeah, I'm John Smith. Can I please buy these cigarettes? Like, you're, you're not. You're not the person that the fake ID says. And God's saying, he's saying, hey, don't be vain. Don't be vain. Don't act like you or me. Don't act like someone you are not. And now Jesus, he comes into the picture and he changes everything. That's what he does, right? Jesus, he comes into the picture and he changes everything. He says, you no longer have to walk around with this fake identity. I'm gonna give you a real identity through and in me. Here's the thing. When you place your faith in Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, you have been given a real identity as a son, as a daughter of the most high God. It's not a fake ID. It's a real, real identity in Jesus. Think about that. You have, you have been given the new identity. You are a daughter. You are a son of the most high God. Now, we don't jump around a whole lot normally, but I want us to look at some scriptures that kind of unpack this identity for us that speak into this identity uh, that we've been given as followers of Jesus. So throw up the first one, Philippians 2.9. This is, this is talking about Jesus. This, this is talking about Jesus, and what's it say? It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place 
and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name in all existence. One day there will not be a single person, there will not be a single name that doesn't escape the name of Jesus. That day is coming. There is, there is no other name that has authority over the name of Jesus. There's not the name of any sickness or illness that has more authority than the name of Jesus. The name of cancer does not have more authority than the name of Jesus. There is not a place of sin, there is not a place of struggle that has more authority than the name of Jesus. Lust, pride, greed, you name it. None of them have more authority than the name of Jesus does in your life. The places of brokenness in our world, you don't have to look very far to find them. The names of these broken places, racism, violence, poverty, on and on and on. They do not have more authority than the name of Jesus. There is no other name, there is no other name that has more authority than the name of Jesus. Let's take a look at John 14. This is Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples. And he says, very truly I tell you. Now, pause for a moment. Everything Jesus says is true, right? So this must be really true, because Jesus, he's saying, very truly I tell you, what's he says? Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Think about that for a moment. Jesus says, whoever believes in me, whoever gives their life to me is gonna be doing the same things that I have been doing. But wait, Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, actually, you're gonna do even greater things. Okay, how? Let's unpack this a little bit. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do, let's continue, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus, a couple chapters later, in the same conversation with the disciples, John 16, this is what he says. He says, very truly, once again, very truly, we hear you, Jesus, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be made complete. Okay, a couple things I want us to just like take to heart from these, from these words. We have been given authority in Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So Jesus, he hasn't only given us a new identity. With that identity comes a sense of authority that we've never had before. A new kind of authority to walk in. And he also wants us to notice the result of walking in that identity and that authority and that character. What's the result? I think it's something we all desire. He says, your joy, your joy will be made complete. You've been given a new, real identity in Jesus. The name that is above every name. Like that's real, the name that is above every name. 
the most powerful name in all existence, you wield that name. You have been given the character, you have been given the authority that comes with a new identity in Christ. God, wake us up, help us, help us to understand this. And it's important to understand though that it's not about just wielding and using these words. This is not about some kind of like magic formula. That's what was happening in the story here. You know, they were trying to use these words like it was like some sort of magic. So they use these words and it doesn't work. That's it's because it doesn't have really anything to do with the words themselves. This isn't about tacking on in the name of Jesus to the end of your prayer and poof, that prayer is answered. That's, that's not what's happening here. This is not about an incantation. It's about a revelation. Write that down, that's good. It's not about an incantation, it's about a revelation. You see, the, the creator of heaven and earth is listening. He sees you, he knows you, he's responding to you. You see, it's not about uttering certain words in a certain way to get a certain outcome. It's an understanding, it's a revelation about who you are. Understanding about who you are as a son, as a daughter. It's a revelation about who you are, what you carry, and the authority that you walk in because you have been given direct access to the Father. That's, that is what Jesus has done. You see, because of what Jesus did on the cross and through the empty tomb, he opened up access to the Father in ways that had never been opened before. Jesus, he said, hey, you know how I come to the Father? You know the relationship that I have with the Father? Okay, you can come to the Father just like I can come to the Father. You've, you've been given my name. You no longer have to come to the Father like you used to. No, you, you come with my name that I have given you. Not by your power, not by your reputation, not because you were good, not because you were righteous. It's according to the name, the character, and the authority Jesus Christ has given himself. He has given you his name. He has given you his name. He has given you his name even though you don't deserve it. When I was in high school, my dad thought it would be a good idea for me to start building my credit. And so me and my dad, we head down to the bank uh, and I apply for a credit card. I was 16, I had zero credit. Um, and so of course they said, thanks but no thanks, uh, we need a little bit more from you. And so they said, actually, what we can do is we can put your dad's name on the application we can use your dad's credit on the application and then we can issue a card in your name if your dad's willing to do that. I said, yes, of course. And so with my dad's name and my dad's credit, I was issued this credit card that I did not deserve on my own, right? That's what Jesus is doing. He says, here, you don't deserve it, but I'm giving you my name. Not based upon anything that you've ever done or will do, but because of what I have done for you. Now, some of you struggle with this feeling of unworthiness. Heck, we all struggle with that feeling of feeling unworthy. You know, this feeling that, okay, I don't have the credit. 
I don't have the worth in, the, in order to be able to go to my father. I don't have the credit to have a relationship with the father that Jesus says I'm able to have. It's not on your credit. It's not on your goodness. It's not on your righteousness. It's on his. It's on his. I love the story of the prodigal son. It's this story that Jesus tells us to give us insight into the the father heart of our God. And so there's this story that Jesus tells to reveal to us, hey, here's who God is. Here's how God sees you. It's the story of the younger son and he basically gets his portion of the inheritance. He gets all this, all this money that is not really rightfully his and he goes and what's he do? He spends it, he squanders it, he wastes it all. All the inheritance that the father gave him is gone. There's this moment where he essentially finds himself a slave in someone else's house and he's feeding the pigs. He's in the pigsty and he's feeding the pigs. And he realizes, he says, okay, the servants in my father's house are in a better place than I am. I've, I've lost my standing as a son, but maybe, just maybe, my father will allow me to be a servant in his house. Son is no longer on the table, right? He's thinking, there is no way I will ever be able to live in that house again, but maybe, just, just maybe I can be a servant. And so he starts making his way back home. He gets to the edge of the driveway and the father, the father sees him at the edge of the driveway. And what's, what's the father do? He starts running towards him. He runs towards him. And he doesn't just run towards him, he puts a robe around his son. He puts a ring on his son's finger. And this robe, this represents the righteousness of God. He says, you, you are no longer to worry about who you are in my eyes. You no longer have to worry about making it up to me. No, righteousness restored immediately. When you give your life to Jesus, you no longer have to worry about the righteousness that you come with, the goodness that you come with. You've been given, you've been given the robe and the righteousness of Jesus. You no longer have to worry about putting together your rags in order to come to the Father. He doesn't just give him a robe, he, he puts a ring on his finger. Now this ring would have been like uh, the signature, it would have been a signet ring. He says, hey, the authority that I have, I, immediately I'm giving that authority to you. When you become a follower of Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, you are immediately given the authority. You're immediately given the identity. You are immediately given the character that comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. Whose name have you been walking in? Whose name have you been living under? Whose character defines you? Whose reputation defines you? When you go to God, when you go to God, with what authority are you going to the Father? Are you going to the Father with your own goodness, with your own righteousness, or are you going in the name of Jesus? Direct access. 
Will we allow God as a community, as a body, as individuals, will we allow God to give us a fresh revelation of who we are in Jesus? I mentioned my son Isaiah earlier, and we have this little toddler Bible that Keila bought, and I love these little stories because it makes it so simple and so easy uh, to understand. Um, Now, Isaiah, he's obsessed with any story that has to do with thunder and lightning and storms. It's a long story, but we were at the beach this summer and we watched a storm roll in and heard the thunder. So now that's the only thing he remembers about the beach. Uh, But so he loves any Bible story uh, that that has thunder or lightning or rain in it. And so uh, Noah and the ark has been a favorite of of his for the last, um, last, last month or so. He loves, he loves this story of Noah and the ark, rain coming. Well, on Thursday night, uh, we read the story about Jesus calming the storm. Because of course he loves it. There's, there's rain and there's a boat. And so he's like really excited about uh, Jesus calming the storm. And then there's this moment, and I love how this little Bible puts it. It says, Jesus said, stop. And the storm stopped. Jesus said, stop. So Ike immediately, he's like, stop, Ike, stop, Ike. That's his way of saying, I want to say stop. I want to say stop. And so yesterday, the storm's rolling in. We're outside. Thunder starts rumbling. And Ike's immediate reaction is, stop, stop. And there's this moment where yesterday, of course, in preparation for this morning, the Holy Spirit was just like, you see that? He gets it. Says, you will do even greater things in my name. You will do even greater things in my name. I want want to send us to communion with a couple of questions to really wrestle with uh, together. The, The first one is Am I living in the identity and authority that I have been given in Jesus? You throw those questions up on up on the screen. First question I want us to wrestle wrestle with. Am I living in the identity and the authority that I've been given in Jesus? Have you you been living, resting upon your own character, your own reputation, your own goodness? Or is the foundation of your life God's goodness, God's reputation, God's character? Number two, what would change around me if I walked more fully in my identity as a son or daughter of God. I actually thought about this morning. I was like, should I give some examples of, about what would change around people if they started living? I felt like it was like, no, I want, I want people to really, really think about this. Like, what would change around you? How would your interactions with, with people change? How would your friendships change? How would that encounter at the grocery store change? How would your conversation at work change? How would you yourself change? How would you begin feeling about yourself if you viewed yourself the way that God views you? And so I wanna just invite us to contemplate these questions in prayer. Now, this first question, if you realize, okay, I have been, I have been living in my own identity. I haven't been living in the identity that, that, that Jesus has given me. I wanna invite us just over communion to pray. Pray, because the reality is it can be up here, but it has to make its way down here. And that's not gonna come with my words, that's gonna come by the power of the Spirit, burying that deep within uh, your heart. 
So if the answer is no, I, I wanna invite us, hey, let's pray. Let's pray together over communion. God, will you, will you give us a fresh revelation of who we are in your eyes? Number two, God, will you help us to see what would change around us? Will you help us to begin to see people as you see them, to see places as you see them? I begin, we, I think we will begin to walk in a sense of confidence and joy and peace, and we will no longer, I think, walk in the fear that I think we so often walk in when, when this reality goes from our head into our heart. So let me pray for us as, as we head to communion together. I want to invite you, if you feel comfortable, just kind of open up your palms. Um, just as a way of saying, hey, I, God, I want to receive this from you. Um, I want to receive this from you, God. And so, Father, I know that there is nothing that I could say that would make this reality more true than what your, your spirit can do right now in this moment. So God, I wanna pray for those in the room right now that have been feeling a sense of unworthiness, that, that feel as though they, they don't have uh, the, the goodness to be able to come into your presence. I feel like maybe they don't know enough or they've sinned too much or uh, they, they should have done this or they should have done that. I, I just ask that by, by your power, in the name of Jesus, you would just debunk that lie. <laughs> you would, you would, send that lie so far from this room that people today when they walk out of this space would, would view themselves how, how you view them. God, we just ask right now for just a fresh revelation of who we are in you. May we see ourselves as you see us. God, right now, I just ask, will you, will you give people just a picture of how you see them? God, will you speak your words over these people right now? I wanna invite you, just take a moment and just kinda ask, God, what is it that you say about me? You can say it to yourself silently, but God, what is it that you say about me? Who do you say I am? Father, I just think about um, what, what would change. I think about the freedom that would be found, the, the addictions that would be broken, the sin struggles that have been holding on to people's lives for way too long would, would be broken in your name. If we, would, if we would begin to operate under the name, the character, and the authority that you've given us by your power, by your might, not by our goodness, but by yours alone, God. Yeah. And it is in the name of Jesus I pray these prayers. And together we all say, amen.